no, jokes aside, it's not Star Wars. It's it's the the War of the Edges. Uh, Tim, I think this is really this is a really funky episode. <laughs> I think. Um, what did I? Wow. Okay. Um, so a close mate of mine became a friend. I mean, now what? Three, four years working together somehow in the same industry. Um, said, "Oh, I have somebody really nice for you." And Tim introduced us to Alex. I think, and Alex was like, "Oh, I'm not so sure." Anyways, I gotta get into it. And then he gave me the story, and you guys have to hear that story. I think we don't need to explain more than that, do we? Um, yeah, it's it's the retail war of edge computing. Um, yeah, because we always speak about edge computing. Yeah, enjoy. Cheers. <laughs> Here we are back in the United States, this time with a lovely guest um, from the company Vertif. It is our pleasure to welcome Alex Pope. He is the Vice President Integrated Rack Solutions for EMEA. Good morning, um, Alex. I guess it's morning in the States. How are you today? I am doing very well, thank you. And I am from the US, but currently living in outside of Munich, Germany. So I have the same same time right now as you. Okay, oh. definitely. Um, yeah, Alex likes the beer. I think he came once for the Oktoberfest and he said, "I want to stay." <laughs> Hard to leave. Okay, Alex, tell us tell us a bit about what what the VP Integrated Rack Solutions for EMEA does. In and sure, answer. sure. So, um, as a, the title would suggest, focused on Europe, Middle East, and Africa, um, and Vertiv has a couple of main business uh, areas. Um, integrated rack solutions, where I focus, uh, is around the products and services for data center infrastructure going into the white space, it tends to be rack, power distribution and cooling, and solutions going to edge locations. So it's one of our favorite topics, which is the edge solutions. But um, before we get to edge solutions and we look into the infrastructures, I always we always like our listeners to get to know our guests a little bit better. And um, that's where we start immediately with. Um, so let's see. Um, lockdown happened. Um, everybody has to sit at home. What is your gadget? What is your favorite gadget you have bought yourself in the last 12 months you're always going to remember for the rest of your life? You gentlemen might laugh given uh, some of the, the what I was just trying to do over the past 15 minutes, but it's actually the AirPods from Apple. They are <laughs> phenomenal um, uh, when they when I have um, on the, the device that I think they're made to work with. Uh, this this time, not so lucky, but that's I, they're phenomenal. Yeah, but this is like with any IT gadget. It's normally like when you need it, it doesn't work. And when you don't need it, it talks by itself. <laughs> I have a feeling this is user error working with uh, Microsoft and Apple together. Yeah, because yeah, the thing is, we all became IT experts somehow now working from home because we all had to set up our own home offices. But uh, yeah, do you remember your first mobile phone? Um, so yes, but I don't remember the exact model. But it wasn't my favorite. My early favorite, uh, I'll say that the first one has kind of like a little Nokia kind of brick thing for. Yeah work. So I started uh, working out after college in 1997. And about 99, I got like a, uh, a cellular phone um, that had the one that I will stand out forever was the Nextel 
no, no, the, the Motorola i830. Pretty sure it was. It was a flip phone with oh, color wow. screen. And in case you weren't getting the perfect reception, you could extend out just a little antenna a little bit, which brought a world of difference. It was, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but they, they brought one. Actually, I think Motorola just brought one back, like similar, like that with the flip format, but like I think ridiculous price, like two thousand dollars or something, and um, screen on both sides. And uh, but yeah, it's a bit, it's it's a bit nuts. Yeah. There's um, this there's this copper gold uh, looking editions. Did you have one of those like coppery gold uh, shiny thing? No, <laughs> no, so no bling, they... bling. <laughs> a plastic plasticy silver with <laughs> well it was like called platinum version probably or something like this right, back right. then yeah um, well i thought it was awesome at the time <laughs> do you remember your first computer yeah the first one that i uh use i'm gonna go way uh, the, the way back doing okay basic I'll, basic yeah. programming in second grade so look i'll, I'll um this would be roughly 1982 um, okay. And doing if-then statements to try to get X's to read out in the form of a smiley face. Uh, so, the, but the first time started to to uh, really use one consistently was a Compaq in about 1992, 93 at home, and the original Apple Macintoshes in in high school. So. Um, been through been through the the gamut i guess you know being being 40 45 um went yeah. from nothing to now you know almost the it expert <laughs> so you come from a programming background uh no no there was this was just general familiar familiarity with uh computers uh mechanical engineering undergrad so got to work okay. school like um spark station stuff like that is that what got you in the industry or yeah, yeah, it actually was. So I've I've um, always been interested in in the technical side. Uh, okay. So mechanical engineering, um, undergrad, uh, went uh, came out of college, but realized I didn't want to really design mechanical elements, and frankly, probably wouldn't be that good at it. Um, but was more wanted to get more engaging with people, solving problems. So got into application engineering, technical sales, eventually outside sales territory. Mm. Went back for MBA and then got into the precursor of what Vertiv is um, at Emerson. And uh, oh, I'm okay. Oh wow, yeah. Because I I think it's quite a, um, diverse the kind of things you guys are involved with, which we're going to get into in a bit. Because when people think, well. But if people think, well, it's just data centers, but you guys actually, it's not just data centers. There's um, much more than that. Yeah, but, you could argue the data centers are going everywhere. Yeah, everybody has one at home, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. Right. And that's where the topic comes, the edge, yeah? exactly. um, which which is one of your special uh, specialities, I would say. And um, for, for all the listeners out there, uh, it's quite funny because... Um, um, me and uh, the, the guy who was looking after the marketing inverter, we became really close because um, we had a trade show three years ago and uh, I really wanted to have this uh, Vertiv micro data center, the little edge one there because it was so so nice. You have a remote control where you could change the colors of the LEDs and I was <laughs> like, I was like, oh, Chris, you, 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 need to, you need to send me one of those because it, it looks really nice. I need this at the entrance because, and, and then really, um, 
people were standing there and taking selfies <laughs> with the, with the <laughs> micro data center. But um, yeah, this is this just shows you. Um, but maybe maybe you can tell the people a little bit more about Vertif and the history about the company because I know that you guys also. Um, I think you guys went public last year, and like you guys are growing, and you're forced to be known in the market and the industry. So um, yeah. Maybe you can explain everybody who doesn't know it yet or what you guys do. Sure, sure. Really appreciate that. So um, we're, we're uh, proud and grateful to play a role in this massive digit digitization trend. Um, so we are the architects of continuity is how we, um, how we view it. And our, our role is to give uh, the places that conduct um, communications or data storage or compute for a range of vital applications across what we're doing right now or into healthcare production, we give those, um, those assets a place to live, right? So we'll provide uh, power, thermal, um, security, uh, a place where the IT server network storage, which manages all this data, um, can get efficient power uh, and a condition that keeps them working so they deliver on the applications for which they were intended. Yeah, um, so so would you say then, um, it's, uh, this is something interesting, me and Tim always debate, so data, is the, that's, the, that's the magic then basically, isn't it? Because we can't live without it anymore. And um, I mean, during the last 12 months, and this is maybe also one of the reasons why we started this podcast was that um, we just saw that data centers are becoming, well, we said they were sort of the critical infrastructures of society because people don't realize you put on your Netflix, um, well, where do you think Netflix comes from? There's a, there's a cable, and where do you think the cable goes to? Well, there's somewhere a data center involved in it. And um, it's remarkable because it's people like you and your company that kept the infrastructure is running and this is um also what inspired us back then to start this podcast just to give um yeah you guys the platform to to speak about it and mm -hmm. uh, uh how was the last 12 months for you guys was it really busy it's been extremely busy so uh um there's there's the corporate factors yes we we did have the the uh, great fortune to go public um and uh, create a lot of opportunity uh which is fantastic um, we've managed or been forced to manage with the struggles that every other company has in the world, um, you know, with the, with, the, with the health conditions that we have out there. Um, but we've been in a bit of a special place where what we do has become that much more important. So in most countries, we've got essential worker status, so we can continue to oh, support. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been really, really, really key. Um, part of our, a large part of our business is our service uh, organization and, and global capability. So that's really been put to the test when mm -hmm. travel has been restricted and it, it may even be, you know, uh, under very severe restrictions, even just to go to work in a lot of places. Um, but Vertiv has been um, allowed and obligated to go and support. Yeah, like you said, you guys sort of had this—you uh, had the status of being a uh, critical uh, workers. Yeah, mm -hmm. which so is that, that, that whole that whole. Sorry, if I may jump in. Yeah. That <laughs> that that word you 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 put in your um, in your what uh, vertif is was very really interesting. Continuity, you said. Mm -hmm. So I guess continuity was even more important than um, 
uh, yeah, than ever. And and I, I'm a guy who likes to play with words and definitions. So um, let's just get to to one of of our core questions as well of the podcast because you said continuity, but we are the uptime punks. Yeah. So between uptime and continuity, there is perhaps a link. So um, Alex, just tell us what what is continuity for you, and what is uptime, and how are they the same? How are they different? Okay. And, and then how and how did they did they interact or how did they play out in the pandemic for you yeah so yeah it's um great to get get into this so i'll i'll answer just the direct you know what what uptime is for me um is the user experience functioning exactly as intended from the desired point of initiation to the desired close that that's how I view uptime, um, and it's not from the book. <laughs> yeah, well, um, we think about it a lot, right? Yeah. So um, it's not just about things being on either; they have to be functioning in the way as they were intended. So um, if we're providing, say, if if a data center is getting power, but it's not coming at the uh, efficiency or quality or from the source it should be. Technically it's up, but if we're not, if there's experience and conditions aren't as advertised, we're not providing the uptime that we should. I love that because you could also argue then that sustainability um, is, is part of uptime. Isn't and that's where I, I, I would say to the second part of your question, that's where it becomes more continuity. Um, yeah. And, and as we look at continuity, and this plays into the edge versus data center, um, continuity is just the seamless transfer of those user experiences from application to application or location to location. Um, and uh, I think that's where the link comes for continuity versus uptime. Okay, yeah, you mastered the question with uh, bravery. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's always great to learn and to to kind of, because I guess the, to define something and to say what what you understand by a certain word is is always very useful to see like how how this person uh, thinks and sees the world. And um, yeah, thank you for sharing this um, with us. And I guess you've um, you've brought with your you've brought a little story um, to the podcast. No, he brought a really nice topic. So yeah. um, when we had when we had the, the pre discussion to the to the podcast, uh, Alex was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm I'm not sure this is really the cup of tea for your punks because you guys are like the the rebels." And then within I think it didn't even take thirty seconds. I was like, "No, no, that's amazing." Um, <laughs> because basically we always have this 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 discussions with everybody. Uh, what do you guys think about? edge computing is edge computing the future and uh, is edge really going to change the world and all of these things and then um well then i then i met alex and alex started with well this is the stuff that's happening which i've experienced and i've seen but anyways i don't want to give too much away um alex should we speak about the battle of the edge should we call it like that or yeah it's like, yeah like star I, I, wars but with edge computers <laughs> right retail wars right so um it, it uh, first that's a very kind uh introduction and, and it's it's a pleasure and, and honor for us to be in, included in a conversation here uh so where we were talking about specifically was um you know people deploy edge assets right edge data center locations so they can make money from them Right. And if we just take a step back in the broad 
uh, economy, we see like, for example, the US, um, 70% of the economy is consumer driven, large, you know, that's continuous in a lot of areas of the world. So where the money is to be made, a lot of it is in retail. Um, and when we look at the edge deployments so far, a lot of them have been concentrated uh, in a battle between digitized native or natively digitized re retailers, one of which stands out in particular in everyone's mind, versus natively brick and mortar based retailers who almost had the, the floor yanked from underneath them and had to fight back. So yeah. uh, we, we, we've, we've had the, 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 uh, the opportunity <laughs> to help um, advance each side. It's like David, David versus Goliath. Uh, well, you know, it's funny. <laughs> when it started, you'd have to ask who's, you know, it was clear who's David and who's Goliath. And you wonder if they've switched or in 10 years. So, 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 so how did the, how did this whole thing kick off? Like, how did it start? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'll I'll share just from from my personal perspective and from yes. the, from the perspective of of some of the things we've done as a company. Um, I'll I'll leave the big na the the name specifically out of it. We know people can do the math. <laughs> yeah. right. People can do the math, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So if we go back, um, and and here's where I think the edge past versus future comes into play a lot. Because when we talk about edge, and, and you mentioned this a couple of minutes ago, people think of it as this future, just mega dense, every city block in this, this new, just G, the existence, right, uh, of digitization everywhere. And we're getting, we're getting towards that. But there's been edge um, uptime requirements and to a growing extent, edge, applications going on for for decades um, so we've got um, thousands of deployments that are we'll call them traditional in brick and mortar places that help run the the operation there um, and it's, it's a few a while ago it wasn't very tech savvy but now they're doing more and more tech savvy things We'll, we'll cover a little bit. So, are you are you saying that Edge is actually not that new? That we just didn't call it that way. Yeah, uh, I, I that is my that is my perspective, absolutely. But oh. there are some very new things that are recent developments. That Upgrades, will, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, um, it, I'd say more of a a, a scale. Uh, the battle of the edge has turned very logistic. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not, you know. The, the technologies around it, yeah, there's some cool stuff. There's some unique stuff, but mm -hmm. it's a battle of scale, cost, scale, and getting as much done in a, in a simple package as possible while still only delivering what is needed for efficiency. I mean that from a product perspective. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. So, yeah, so you are, so. Yeah. <laughs> so please go Back to the back, yeah, back, back to the key question. There's these. Um, there was the status quo with just brick and mortar stores, and you went shopping. You go to a mall. You go to a, what we call in the U.S. a big box store, mm -hmm. and these are just massive <laughs> and have everything. Um, and then along came, you know, Amazon, mm -hmm. and Amazon started digitizing the retail experience. Don't go to the store. 
um, go on your computer and then eventually on your phone. And don't ask your friend about what you what to buy. We've you can read it right here, and you can actually compare it uh, against a bunch of competitors. Um, and we'll get it to you soon, right? Don't know exactly when when it started, but now I in the U.S. certain places I can get things in four hours. Mm-hmm. So 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 just one one I, yeah. I need to interject. Um, this this continuity thing is um, they master this as at, at a whole other level because. Before you to in order to buy, you need to leave your house. Uh, depending where you live, especially in the states, you need to drive miles in order to arrive at the store. And like there is a discontinuity, right, of the of the experience um, in a certain way. Whereas the 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 the, the that company <laughs> brought the the stuff into your home and the continuity between um, surfing on the internet, um, chilling on your sofa, and um doing shopping was almost seamless just to interject now please go on (laughs) i think that's exactly the point i think that's exactly the point i think i would say that is continuity married with the digitization of everything we do so yeah you're on the couch you're shopping but you might have netflix on at the same time you might uh tell uh alexa or whatever you know pick your provider of in-home you know management uh to do something at the same time so i I agree with you um so we have the brick and mortars and then we have amazon coming in with this new way to do business in retail Um, and their challenge was to get to all the places physically that their app could get to virtually because that's where the customers are and that's where they want to deliver product. So they had to do a land grab. So start with these mega distribution facilities and a, a, a number of them. And you can, you can actually, there's a place you can go find out the, um, you know, over, over the past years, their build out cycle. And start with these massive distribution centers. Um, and that can provide some service level. And then they had to go and get closer in the neighborhood with a smaller set of spoke distribution centers. And that can, again, provide more scale and get closer. And then they have another, you know, another build out. So their their offensive was using their digitization um, to create a space to go in and claim the land. And in every one of those areas, there is a what we'll call at least a micro data center, often larger one, right? So um, switch to the other side. We have all these places that are brick and mortar, right? Mm -hmm. And then they see they're losing a lot of business, a lot of market share to to Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, And these are big companies and uh, they have a lot of resources at hand, um, but they weren't natively digital. So they went and saw, well, how do we, how do we play defense and, and try to turn offense? So they look at their assets that they had versus what Amazon had. And they had land, they had existing building, they had inventory close to all where, where the customers are that Amazon's chasing. So they said, well, wow, we have to take these places and we got to make them digital. Um, and we got to take some place and change some space where people would come in and walk around or we might be storing extra inventory. And we've got to digitize it 
and turn it into more of a distribution facility, distribution enabled, uh, say e-commerce enabled asset than it would have been in the past. So now, um, you know, now let's say this happened over about 10-ish years. Um, Now, if you go on some of these traditionally brick and mortar websites, you can get a an e-commerce experience. Anyone can argue who's better, um, but you can tell they've tried to uh, uh, fight back by bringing that digitization reach to your phone and inviting you and giving you benefits for going to their brick and mortar locations um, and making things easy. So go in and, and pick things up, for example, mm-hmm. same way, right? Mm-hmm. So, or get a free coffee, like for example, like <laughs> here in the UK, Mark and Spencer. So if you go shopping in Mark and Spencer, you get a free coffee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or what, you get what, a. F- yeah. What kind of incentives are there? I mean, is it like click and collect? Is it uh, rebates? Is it is it is it is it, is it the free coffee? Loyalty <laughs> yeah. points. Um, so so it runs the gamut. I, I I don't myself pretend to be a a retail marketing expert, but I've sure. uh, I can I can share some some things that I've observed. Um, there is yes there's click and collect right so how do you be faster than amazon if you don't have their distribution network you let the customer pick it up and and you have it ready within an hour so that that's one next with the geofencing and and all the stuff they put on the store i've walked into big box stores in the us and my phone would remind me that i looked last week at a couple of um items and they happen to be in stock, and it would give the aisle and bin location to go get them. And then so, uh, at the same time, sometimes you start to see kind of re- real-time discounting, real-time couponing, et cetera. I think, uh, I mean, a little bit of a separate topic. I think pricing is going to become very, very individualistic, um, but but that's the individualism that I've experienced so far. Mm-hmm. And the, come Talking about pricing, and not to be biased here, but um, they did a survey on it, and actually products on Amazon are more expensive than if you would get it directly from the retailers. So um, so basically, if you type, let's say, iPhone, let's just say iPhone, right? Um, Amazon is a platform that it has a search engine behind it, so it will search different vendors that have their product and will offer you that one. But the first one that is offered, and if it's a high-selling product, will always be from their own store, which will be at a premium compared to the one from other vendors. So sometimes that's why on the bottom you have a, where it says view other new products, uh, view other new product deals, which is then the same. And then you get actually the list. So never go for the first thing you put uh, if it's an expensive item. But this is just as a little advice <laughs> for the punks out there. Yeah. Um, I guess, is, I yeah, guess but, the topic of dynamic pricing is, is a whole other podcast yeah. topic. But <laughs> right, and, and it is hugely interesting because it's like, it's like economics, yeah. right? But... Um, yeah. So, so, so how did you guys support the war? Yeah, yeah. how does the, the war play out? <laughs> so, there, where, where I where I shared before about the war playing out in in logistics and efficiency as much as anything else, um, I tell you, it's not that hard to design, uh, you know, a set of um, technologies that can provide quality power and you know thermodynamics air conditioning stuff like that been around a long time that's not the challenge 
um, it has to it has to be very reliable and quality, of course. And there's a number of companies that can do that, and, and I think we're in a very good spot there. But where the challenge comes in is the speed, scale, and management of complexity to help these companies solve the problem. Let's take it, you can take it from either side. What are they really fighting for? They're fighting for an experience such that when you and I pick up our phone, theirs is the best, right? They have the information we're looking for, the, the, the stuff, the price we want, and they just want us to hit that buy button, right? Load up that cart. Um, so all the things that happen beneath that, there's their programming and all the stuff they spend all their money on. Then there's um, the, the, the networking capability, all the IT hardware assets that they're forced to put in all these locations to, to make this happen. Nobody wants to buy that stuff, um, but they're forced to put it there. Then one level below that is the power cooling, rack space, security. So we are, our role, is um, to make that as seamless, as, continu as continuous as possible as they deliver that application, the thing they really care about, across hundreds of countries, thousands of locations, hundreds of different decision makers. So our stuff is on time, and then the IT assets go in, and they are up and running. They just want the time to revenue. I think you, you, I, I have the impression that you understand um, those companies very, very well. And uh, I think, uh, I think uh, it's a good thing they have I'm, you, I'm, I'm, I'm they have you in now. their ranks on, in, in that war that is going on, um, or as a, as, a, as, a, as a provider or a solution or a counselor or whatever you, your role. Uh, how you, would be how you like would define your role. Um, but um, now, the role of the of the edge data center or the mini data center how 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 does that help um, a brick and mortar store to have a little edge data center there like sure sure yeah. so if if i may i'd like to go back to to a little bit because uh, i learned a lot through this first you you shared some some very nice things so thank you for the, for the for the compliment we we are we are very uh, honored to have the position we do in, in the industry um, and we're, we're happy to support our customers. So um, what I learned early, and it's funny, so we were doing research on this years ago, years ago, mm. because we could see this coming and we better see it coming. Mm. Um, so we went out and we talked to customers, different types, sizes, not just two, but, you know, all the whole range. Um, and with some of the learnings that I personally had, I said, so I just, ask, you know, ask someone who runs a distribution center um, for, uh, you know, for a retail chain. Uh, why do you, why do you have any IT assets here? Like, wh why don't you just have a router that goes back to whatever, right? Wherever your data center is, and you can do all the stuff remotely. Why don't and you it, outsource it to Amazon Web Services? <laughs> well, this is before, this is before that it was easy to do that. <laughs> no, it's just, yeah. Well, I, I sorry, I missed the I missed the irony of the con of the. Of the <laughs> Don't worry about it. I... <laughs> um, so, um, they I said, yeah. Why do you have to have any IT assets here, right? Well, why? And and I said, well, there's there's a some very simple reasons. One is we can't rely on the service provider to be up all the time, 
right? So it, our, our internet service. So we need some in-house functionality at all times. And he said, here's the next one. Uh, we need a print server here because our distribution facility ships out millions of dollars of goods every day to a, a network of over a hundred stores. So uh, what is required to get the goods out the door is a bill of lading, right? Something that is printed and actually goes with the truck. If I don't have a print server up and running, I don't ship out my millions of dollars of goods per day. And that is eventually felt at the store. And I'm thinking here, well, here we're doing research on the future of edge computing. The guy's talking about a print server, right? But we had to get so fundamental. So uh, that, that there are some really basic needs, which is why there's already ITS that's there. But it said, now, where are you going with this? Well, where we're going is we want to have less much less human interaction in our supply demand we want things to be recognized when they're picked off the you know off the shelf we don't want to have to record it all the shelf knows for example right um, and everything becomes digitized and our packs are it, it tells people how to pack the truck in what order and and that's more of the more of the thing that was going on in the distribution center specific to the store though it was delivering that e-commerce experience um, and not just the in, part of it is the in-store marketing, but really a, a large driver of it was turning a store into an e-commerce enabled distribution center. Right. Okay. And now, now can I ask my question? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Your Tim, Tim is like in the like he's in, I sometimes say Tim is like in another spectrum he's somewhere on another planet so he doesn't let me interfere um okay so this is happening in the in the US but uh, I I feel like the US was a little bit more advanced in Europe now we had the last 12 months period um I mean in uh, Germany you're living in Germany um online retail shopping mm, not really the big thing right is 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 that is that now where Alex Pope comes in with the expertise he has from back home? Because this is now what companies in Germany basically want to implement. Because we have an Aldi, we have a Lidl, we have uh, there's a Netto, there's um, all kind of different supermarkets, and I, I think Edeka has an online platform. Um, but is that some so you can use now some of your know-how from the Wild West? Let's call it like this, and uh, basically bring it then to Central Europe because. These guys had like, well, I wouldn't say they were snoozing, but they didn't. Have, that com kind of competitive market doesn't really exist, does it? And now all of a sudden it was needed. Well, I, I wouldn't say me personally. Um, I, I yeah. think the, the events leading to me here were, were more company and personal related. But the, yeah. regardless of who it was, yeah. uh, this is absolutely going on and has yeah. been going on. Um, and you mentioned a few names we know very well. Uh, yeah. And they are uh, they are smart, aggressive companies, right? And I, I yeah. say I say the ones who aren't participating are the ones that aren't affected by Amazon or don't want to be around in a few years. And I think that's a that's a small number. 
And and for all the international listeners, so if you guys have never heard of Aldi, so Aldi was founded by two brothers who basically took, this is not even a joke, who basically took a world map and took a pen and founded Aldi North and Aldi South and just drew a line in the center of Germany. And then um, Aldi South, I think, sold franchises to the Middle East, Turkey. I think there's even some in India now. And Aldi North is like you can find in the UK, and then I think they even in Canada and uh, in the US. So it's quite funny. It started with two brothers who had a little bit of an argument and said, <laughs> okay, we're going to draw a line across the world, and you're north and I'm south. Well, but, um, better, better than east and west. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that one. Uh, yes, but so it seems that in, at least in the US, um, the retail and, and online retail market was kind of a driver of edge. Would you agree? Um, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and where's this whole thing uh, going with the edge? Um, where do you see the next 10 years? Uh, what scenario do you see for the brick and mortar stores and, and for Amazon and Maybe for private users as well, because like yeah. smart homes, right? Cars. I mean, yeah, yeah. But but let's 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 stay in retail and then like ex expand the notion. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think there is a if we look at just some of the the major uh, what digitization has enabled in a lot of different industries is um, utilization, new value streams coming from underutilized assets. So. Uber said, wow, with this, I can take all those cars sitting there and make people a lot of money. Um, Airbnb, same thing, right? A lot of houses empty. So how do we use them? Um, if we look at uh, progression of <laughs> 3G, 4G into 5G, um, and the, the, the question of, of what's the most effective way to get that experience to mobile users, cellular versus um, different, you know, uh, land or, or, or local, you know, what, uh, uh, access. It, it will be, it will come down to a mix of where's the real estate and where is it easy and effective, cost effective to house that capability. Um, and so if we look at retail is everywhere already. So I, I think um, it's, it's hard to make a, a, a prediction that is sure to be accurate but um these these places have valuable land valuable positioning it's not always easy to put up a uh a tower um and where we we have a significant amount of our business that goes into new towers goes into refurbishing towers making them more powerful from two three you know three g four g five g um but eventually as as you get more and more pervasive um, experience, there's going to be more and more location requirements. And I think there is an argument to say there, there's a, there's a couple of arguments. One is it will be easiest to lever existing buildings with clear ownership and clear logistics for support, clear service capability. And then there's also the view of form factor. So how small can these things get? How, what's the capacity if they're small enough to just hang in a lamppost? Are there lampposts everywhere you need, right? So I'm sorry to go into just the, the physical footprint a little bit, but I think the future of edge and retail is not limited to only the, the in-store experience or even potentially the same, uh, the same users they would consider in their market today. 
so it's 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 a, it's a geospatial um, issue almost. It, it's a it's a potential asset that can have compute capability um, in a, already in all the places where people are living, so people mm -hmm. will consume it. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so, so I, I imagine I wake up in the morning, I go out in the street, and I have some kind of I don't know surface of interaction with Walmart or I don't know whatever uh, Lidl, and I can I can shop there. You know, when you go to McDonald's, they have now screens where you can order, and then yeah. you go to the till and collect it. Maybe something uh, like that is already next level. Yeah, Elon Musk, Neuralink. You're gonna have a microchip plant <laughs> in the back of your head. You're gonna wake up in the morning, and it's gonna and you because if you're not paying the subscription, you're gonna wake up in the morning. You have to watch virtual thirty minutes of commercials before you're even allowed to open your eyes. <laughs> or you just get a really bad headache. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's true. No, but now back to the notion of continue. I'm not trying to uh, yeah. to to scientificize this, but the continuity of. Um, going from a store um, out to the customers and getting as close to the customer as possible well it's, it's it's not so like it's it's not so absurd to think that one day they will end up in your head like literally um, with neuraling and the chip but that's that's like so but for now I guess in the next couple of years it will be about um, who is securing the best um, uh, I would say that um, real estate and, and land to to implement edge computing at the level. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is not yeah. limited to retail. I don't want to. This won't be a far break from our theme at all. There's yeah. a lot of commercial real estate, especially in dense cities, where there is existing physical security. There's existing. Uh, 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 I don't want to say an abundance of power because that, that's not true, but there is sufficient power mm -hmm. to do more in the building than is being done today. There's network connectivity. Retail happens to be a set of those locations that from a network, a global network perspective can be seen as underutilized assets. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, um, Tim, to give you an example, um, this, I don't know how publicly known this is, but in London, in an underground shaft, they're building a data center of an underground train station, which is not being used anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so and that's in the center of the city. I, I, it doesn't yeah. matter where it is or what it is, but I'm just saying this is a way of, I, I think, where Alex is going with innovative ways of using space. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a creative it's a creative issue as well and and like yeah a logistical issue and I I guess uh, for the for the underground data center I guess TFL just really desperately needs the money to be honest <laughs> TFL is TFL is transport for London for those who don't know um, anyways little sidekick um, here yeah but so, no but that 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 brings up that brings up one of the really uh, for what I find interesting. Uh, facets of edge deployment, right? So think of a data center going underground. So mm -hmm. not, not to get, <laughs> is some of the things we, we have to work through are so basic. So you think of a, a data center rack and approximately how big it is. Think of it as, you know, two American refrigerators back to back. Now think of the tunneling that you get down to that underground data center or those old um, elevators and the height on those elevators. Um, that's just the one, that's a, a, it's a, a point that brings up something that we deal with all the time. Because as we help these stores uh, or, or retailers deploy, they will make 
decisions basically country by country. So they'll say, okay, over the next period of time, we want to deploy 400 um, into here. And they'll do, be doing countries concurrently. And they'll have a mix of um, physical conditions, schedules, and decision makers, and on-site dependencies that we have to work through. So the power is different, the configuration is different. Um, we, no customer wants to pay for anything they're not going to use, which is very appropriate, but it causes complexity when you're going over hundreds. So we rapidly respond or configure exactly what they need, but then we've gotta be there on the day they need us um, with the equipment as specified so they can come in immediately and start bringing in the stuff that they have to pay for, but still aren't concerned, their main concern about, which is the IT hardware, so they can turn on those applications which they really care, really care about. Um, from the all the places you're um, you're looking after in your position, which one would you say is the most switched on at the moment? Where where's the most capital as well as innovation being used and implemented at the moment? Who who is really who is really putting the foot down on the gas? Who's uh, who is preparing? Like not company-wise, yeah, company-wise, yeah. like regions. I'll say there's a number. There's a number of companies. There's a number of okay. companies for sure. So this isn't, you know, one one doing perfectly and others not. That's definitely not true. Um, but where where we see it, uh, I see it in in the U.S. personally. I see it in Western Europe personally. Uh, Central southern europe and and expanding more and more more and more east um, mm. that's where that's where we see um the maximum that's where you see the biggest potential as well yeah mm. because it's um i think the potential is probably limitless with regard to geography it's you know yeah it's it's dependent on the the corporate and and uh the corporate structure and the the consumer market environment in any country Mm. So, so Edge is probably going to be also the solution to help with AI applications in in um, in the households and everything, and not just households, probably hospitals, uh, etc. No. So now, uh, absolutely. And if you talk, you know, one of the things we talked about uh, of of why I I got into to the business and what I like about this business is we we have a role at Vertive in delivering, it, it, it extends the benefits of technology into um, into areas where they didn't exist before. What what I like about the industry, what I like about Vertive, and what I think is, is great that we have the opportunity to do um, is we have the ability to extend the digitization uh, the, across a, a lot of different um, verticals, a lot of different areas of life into exactly. new areas where they didn't exist before with the mm. uh, result of improving quality of life. So bringing um, healthcare capability um, on a mm. remote basis or helping, uh, again, with healthcare, um, yeah. helping uh, the understanding of how to combat certain things um, at a much more scalable level uh, with, with efficiency stretch supply chains or um yeah i mean uh, i am sure um well vaccination programs rolling out globally um mm. this has to be run on 
Yeah, you have to put a databank somewhere there if you make a remote uh, vaccination site. So yeah, this is probably where. So that that's interesting that, that you bring that up because uh, one of the things COVID has done is br brought um, uh, two, two competing factors to yeah. this industry. One is a spike in demand in certain areas. And, and specific, uh, this is specific to Edge, but we've seen a big spike in mm. um, testing, uh, so medical testing, um, some yeah. directly to do with uh, support, so with perhaps ventilation, other things. Yeah. And at the same time, created a constraint on supply. Uh, mm. global supply chains, and it's gotten more and more difficult to move around the world and to keep uh, production continuity moving. Yeah, mm. because components come from different places. I mean, it's simple things like, I mean, I get my um, groceries delivered now the last two and a half months. I'm not getting ginger anymore. And I started yelling at the delivery guy. I was like, what the bloody hell? I was like, five weeks, no ginger. And he's like, well, there's no ginger shipments coming that's, in. That's why like, you're, you that's why like, you're you so on you? edge. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. sorry, I ruined it. I totally no, ruined it. No, it's clear, but um, yeah, it's it's wonderful. But that comes back to the point. That's why we really think that the, inf uh, the industry you guys work in is a critical industry. And uh, thank you so much for the support you have also shown in the last couple of months to the industry and to humanity. I think um, you guys are all adding, a, you're all a piece of the puzzle to um, hopefully all sail out with a big smile on our faces and that we can all see our loved ones again. Yeah, That, um, that, would, be, that would be great. That would be great. Okay. Um, time time so, is of the matter, guys. I guess we... Um, we... we say our, our, the last words are with our uh, lovely guests. Yes. And, um, yeah, Alex, this is for you to um, leave for... The, the the future generations of punks to come your your, <laughs> your advice <laughs> wow uh cool cool so first uh, thank you uh on behalf of myself and and vertiv it, it's we appreciate every opportunity uh to talk about um and what's going on in the in the industry how the industry affects and can support the things that really matter um you know in the globe here uh, and we're thankful for this this opportunity, of course. Uh, and I like to learn here also. And uh, this is this is great. So uh, if if you're asking what what advice um, we have, uh, I, my my personal, I like to be involved with things that um, uh, this digital mega trend. So uh, going forward, this is going to open up things that. I can't conceive. Maybe, maybe some of the punks can conceive. Um, <laughs> but you know, we're laying the groundwork for digitization to occur. But that in itself is not the target. The goal is to create um, a network of data access, interchangeability, um, connectivity, um, where the barriers that I grew up with, which were very physical, don't really exist anymore. So. Um, you know that 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 has a positive impact in 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 any any industry, and uh, we we look forward we look forward to seeing what comes from the punks out there. Yeah, it's it's the war against the digital divide, and this is how we're gonna leave it here because um, this is what we want to have that everybody has the same access to the same things uh, around the globe. And Alex Pope from Vertif, thank you so much. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
So it's all about continuity. It's all about not disturbing the forces. It's all about David, Goliath, Goliath, David. Well, like we said at the end, we don't know who's the giant. But um, some great, great, great stories. And a great story, again, from the industry to show how... Um, how the data center industry is keeping, um, well, the world yeah. heart beating. Um, what are your learnings, Tim? I guess I will now go and see uh, if I have some space left for a, for a little edge data center somewhere in my house. <laughs> I, I want to be ready for the war. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's quite crazy because the thing is why I, I, I was so keen on this episode is because that story is like, it involves everybody out there. It doesn't matter where you are listening to this podcast right now. Mm. This is something that affects you directly and you didn't even know it's happening. And it's, it's, it's insane because, yeah, think about it. You have that little shop down the road, right? That guy needs to survive. He gets his stuff from somewhere. And then you have a bigger shop or you have the local shopping malls or shopping yards, wherever it is, you know? These guys, like, with us being at home now during lockdown, they still need to do business, right? I mean, I didn't mention it in the in the episode because I don't know if they have it in Germany, which is Deliveroo. But I mean, if you just think about Deliveroo, we're going to come out of lockdown. There's so many shops which haven't survived because due to the pandemic, but also because they weren't able to adapt to to the growing demand. And um, yeah, the battle of the edges. Uh, you guys let us know what you think. And if you think pink, if you think Tim looks really nice in his picture on the podcast, you can buy a shirt now with his face on and the beard and the glasses. So go to www.uptimepunks.com and go to the online shop and get yourself a piece of Tim so you can always look at yourself in the mirror. And yeah, if, if that's not enough for you, you can subscribe. So please go to... Um, Please go to Spotify and Google Podcast and Apple Podcast. And um, Tim, do you know we got a little batch today? Should yes, I say? No, it's okay. Let's keep it for next time. It's it's it's. it's um, what was it? Twenty four hours in no. Twenty four hours on one platform, more than a thousand downloads for one episode, not across episodes, one episode. So for the loyal listeners out there, you guys rock the world. And thank you very much. Thank you very much for your loyalty and stay safe. Cheers. Cheers.